Hey, good morning once again and welcome. If I missed you earlier, if you're just joining us, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community. Before I jump in today's conversation, I do want to talk about one thing that we're doing uh, today and tomorrow um, in preparation for next Sunday. We want to invite you to be part of our service next week uh, and submit some short videos to us. As you know, this coming weekend is Thanksgiving weekend, and it's uh, one of the most different Thanksgivings we've had in a while. And so what we're doing is it, it, the thing that we've had in 2020 is, is really thinking back on the, the verse from James where it says, consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds because of what God will do through that. And it's something that we stand upon in faith that is very different than what we hear in culture. And so what we want to do this weekend is have you submit a video. And some of you have already started doing this. Um, and use your phone, turn it sideways, and record yourself with a statement that says, I have found joy in 2020 through this. And you'll just kind of say short, you know, a short thing of what you found joy doing, and then you'll just end it saying, and I am thankful. And we want to see and talk about what God has been doing through us. We're not sugarcoating this year by any means, but we are understanding that God is working through and using all things, and especially the hardships. And we want to talk about this together as a family. We're going to be sharing these short videos throughout our service next Sunday on Thanksgiving weekend. And so online, you can go to our website. There's a link there to record your video. We want you to do this, whether you've been with us for a while or you're new with us, whatever that may be. And there's instructions there on how to upload the video. It's really quick and simple, and I would love for you to join us in doing that. We already have had several submit videos already. Well, today, as we get started, uh, today and next week, the last two weeks of November, uh, I want to engage in a conversation about wisdom. And we're going to be looking at a couple of things, or several places actually, from the book of Proverbs, and just talking about wisdom and our need to pursue it. And I think when we go through a pandemic or times of uncertainty, you know, we want to we have certain things that you can latch onto. And I think one of the best things is really to talk about foundational things that we can stand on. And one is how to pursue wisdom and gain knowledge, because that's what we are really seeking after. And that can't uh, sometimes it's not easy. And so today I want to talk about a thematic thing that you find throughout the book of Proverbs. And it's a great book to read. Whether you even believe in God or not, there's great wisdom and things that you will glean from the book of Proverbs. And in fact, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And you can read, that means you can read one a day. And you can take the month of December, which has 31 days, and go through the entire book. It's not that hard. You could do it over a lunch break or a short time that you have each day. And uh, I think you would benefit a lot from it. You might enjoy that, something that you could do. And so uh, the person who wrote the book of Proverbs is a guy named Solomon, and many consider him one of the wisest people that have ever lived. Um, he was the third king of Israel, and he actually wrote more about wisdom than any other biblical writer. And he is considered by some, as I said, to be one of the you know, wisest men who've ever lived. And if you read through Proverbs, you'll begin to see, and you actually may not even notice this without it being brought out you know, clearly today, but um, essentially three options to wisdom. And in wisdom, it's almost like four different people, wisdom being the fourth one. And, and so it helps you understand Proverbs and see a little bit more of how he's leading us in all uh, the statements and advice that is given. 
And, and so to represent that today may be a little hard to see, but uh, I've got three different chairs for our guest. Uh, I'm calling this conversation musical chairs, and so we have three stools here. Musical stools, uh, weird game to play. Um, but anyway, to talk about each one of these people. Now, I just want to say up front, especially the first one, but all of them, if you apply this to yourself, it means it'll be offensive. This is a little bit offensive. You read this, you're like, man, who would say this? Well, a wise person would say this, and a wise person would actually welcome this. So I just want to say this is kind of offensive. So here we go. We're going to talk about these three different people, and I think this is helpful. It informs me in my life. Uh, I, I, I was introduced to this, and talking about this very specifically years ago, and I love to talk about it or think about it even now. So the first one is this. It's the simple. When you read through Proverbs, you see him describe the simple. This is where this is offensive. This is essentially someone who is naive or clueless. We use the word naive for simple uh, more than anything. And so what is a simple person? Like just to say, if you, say, if you were to talk to someone and say, yeah, you're just kind of simple-minded, that's offensive, right? <laughs> so there you go. So we would say naive. We understand that, right? It means someone who lacks experience. We all, every one of us, come into the world naive. You come into the world simple. And we're naive, why? Because we lack experience. And as you get older, you know, starting in elementary school, kids like to make fun of you. They like to find places where you are naive, where they've had experience of this, or they're pretending like they do, so they can act like they're smarter. And Taylor Swift, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, she nailed this in one of her earlier albums, 15. She has the song 15. And she says this in her chorus. She says, when you're 15 and somebody tells you that they love you, you're going to, what? Yeah, we got one, yeah, believe them. Now, if you're a real Taylor Swift fan, apparently you're supposed to be boycotting these albums. Maybe you're not listening to this because she's apparently re-recording them because of all this whole thing. So anyway, uh, Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about that, but she says you're going to believe them. Why is that? Because you're naive. You're simple. And so unassisted, naive people make unwise decisions. It's just going to happen. And the thing about this is none of us will admit this. So if, if you walk into one of these situations, I remember as a little kid, like early elementary school, I was on this trip with uh, a youth group or something like along those lines. And we were at a theme park, amusement park, and we were ordering lunch. And I looked up and I said, what's a quesadilla? I'm not kidding. You guys will laugh. This is funny. This is, I was really young. But there were older kids there with me in middle school, high schoolers around us. It's a mixed group. And they just started making fun of me because they were like, that's a quesadilla. Some of you already knew this. I didn't know. I was little. I was really tiny. It was such a significant thing. I was made fun of. I, I, I still remember this today. I should, I should probably go to counseling for this. But anyway, you don't want to admit that you're naive. And sometimes you just walk in front of because you don't know. You lack experience. None of us will admit it. But naive people actually don't know that they are. Otherwise, they wouldn't be, Right? You just lack experience. And so one of the key passages where you see the simple talked about is found in 
Proverbs 7. And I'm just going to read the, the two verses from this, Proverbs 6 and 7. But it, it describes a situation where there's a, a woman who is going, ready to seduce a young man. And, and it says here, this is this seductress, this woman calling out. And she says, at the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple. There's that word. I saw among the simple. I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. And that's the thing about being naive. Is there is danger. There are things that are seeking after you. That if you don't have others around you. It will lead you into danger. And this is one of those things, like if you keep reading, you're like, don't. It's like watching a horror movie. Like, don't go this direction. You can see it. Stop this. We want to shout, go back. Don't do it. And so when simple are presented with wisdom, the simple respond with, nothing's going to happen. You're crazy. I, I can handle this. That's not really, that's not going to happen. That's not, you're because you just don't know. And so this is especially true, and some of you, like, if you're in this boat, you're just going to not like me, but especially true of those who are under 21. You're under 20 years old, you lack experience. You haven't you most likely experienced the consequences of yet of debt or addiction or callous heart from hurt and pain from others in relationships. You just need time for that to happen. But here's the thing. You can have youth. And the simple usually are very, very confident about things, and there, there can be some good stuff about that. But, but you can have youth and wisdom. You can have both. But you have to be willing to ask this question and pursue it. And it's this. And this is what is driving us in this whole series. And I was supposed to say this up front. The question is, what is the wise thing to do? But it's harder to ask that and admit that than you think. But you can have youth and wisdom, but you have to be willing to ask it and seek it out. And then, and then you have to be willing to admit it, that you understand that you are naive. If you have wisdom, you seek it out. It allows you to get it right the first time. It allows you to, to walk away and not experience regret. That is painful. Many of us, many of us would love to go back, including me. We would love to go back knowing what we know and get it right the first time. I'd love, we'd love to go back and, and maybe even end a relationship different or just not even start a relationship. Oh, I wish I'd known this. Or we would go back and not make this financial decision. I mean, you could go in all different directions with this. You would love to go back and get it right the first time. Oh, I wish I was not so stupid. Sometimes that's something we'll say about our simple decisions. You can know what others who are older than you know, but you will have to ask that. And you'll need to ask someone who is older and wiser. So please, if you're the simple, here's the thing that can really help you is, is to don't trade. Don't trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. Your appetite 
your urgent desires will lead you into disaster. Don't trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. That's a key piece of advice for the simple. So what's the cure? If you're simple, if you're naive, what's the cure for the simple? You know what it is? It's time. It's time. You need time to gain experience and wisdom. And as I've grown a little older, I know it's hard to tell that I'm older, but, um, you know, it's just the camera, I don't know. Anyway, I'm learning how much I don't know. I actually seek wisdom out and seek advice from others more than I ever have in my life. This time in my life, I understand more about what I don't know and the need to walk away from that. No matter what age you are, you are still naive and simple in some way. So that's the first person. That's the first chair. The simple. All right, ready for the second one? The second one, the second alternative is the fool. See, I told you this is offensive. You see Solomon describing the fool. Who's the fool? Well, the fool knows the difference between right and wrong. The fool has had experience. It's seen these things. It knows what that, but the fool doesn't care. The fool is going to do it anyway. Can you think about fool's decisions you've made in your life? I can tell you one, you keep going back to Ikea. You're like, why did I come here? I walk through here and I do this. And you're putting together the, the Ikea furniture and you're like, this is the worst thing ever. It doesn't work. You've got to go to Home Depot and get extra parts because things broke. And it takes you hours to put together this simple little dress or whatever. But you're like, I will never do this again. And then you're like, oh, I need this thing for my apartment. Oh, I'll go to Ikea. And then they're like, why do I go to this place? This is not fun. Anyway, that's kind of like the fool. I'm going to read through several uh, passages in Proverbs. This first one's amazing. I told you this is offensive. You ready for this? Proverbs 26, 11. It says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Proverbs 10, 23. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. For a fool, wrongdoing is a sport. A fool takes pride in their independence, their arrogance. A fool will not receive instruction. They're going to do their own thing. They're going to be driven by their own desires no matter the cost. So a naive person will come into a situation and say, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's crazy. A fool will just come in and say, I don't really care if it's wrong. Like, you know what? No big deal. Besides, I can handle it. I've done this before. I've partied really hard in the weekend. I survived it. I can pull myself up. I'm young enough, whatever it may be. Like, you just say these things to yourself. You all been there, right? What's the other side of this for the fool? The other side of this is that when you, when you wake up or... Here you're going, why did I do this? Why didn't I think through this? Why am I so, like, you, you, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, why did I stay up so late? I've got this presentation. Or you're like, why did I pre- procrastinate on doing this assignment? I know that I can't, like, it's just too much. Like, why do I always sabotage myself? What you're saying is, what I'm saying in these moments is, why am I such a fool? It's why, whereas the cure for the naive is time, you just need experience 
you got to live life. You got to go through those broken hearts and all those different things. You need time. The full, the cure for the full is tragedy. You've got to hit that wall to wake you up. They have to crash because they're a fool. They don't care. They have to hit rock bottom. They have to face the full consequences of their decision. And if you see a fool and you watch them, you're like, sometimes you, you don't want someone to hit it, but you're like, I kind of think they need to like suffer. And that's true. They won't learn until they crash. But there's another tragedy that happens with the fool, and this is why it's so key for you to see and understand for yourself and for others, is that everybody close to the fool is also harmed. They not only suffer the consequences, but the consequences go horizontal. It's not just isolated. And this is the lie that the fool believes that you believe when you are a fool. is like, oh, it's just, it just impacts me. But it's not true. It will harm everybody around them. Listen to these incredible words. From Proverbs, Proverbs thirteen twenty, it says, "Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. A companion of fools suffers harm." So, chair one, the simple; chair two, the fool; chair three, is the mocker. The mocker, the mocker is someone who's critical. The mocker is someone who is, is condescending. Many times it's called the scoffer. The mocker just kind of mocks you and scoffs at you, whatever it may be. The mocker is essentially a fool on steroids, just decked out all the way, doesn't care, is going to go for it no matter what. And they are going to mock anything that they possibly can. They don't simply do what's wrong. They are critical of people who do what's right. They begin to attack you for being in that position, even if you're someone who's warning from them, you from danger. It's, so, it's stating something that's obvious, that's really important. They are going to attack you anyway, and you're so thrown off by it, you cannot believe what they say or what they are doing. What's interesting, and throughout this conversation, by the way, you can probably think of several people in your life that are all these things. It's really easy to see it in others, which is part of the wisdom conversation for next week. But anyway... <laughs> Like when you think about, we're gathering, well, you're, you're going to see family in, in, in some way or another for Thanksgiving. Like I'm planning and trying to schedule time to see my family through FaceTime this weekend as we're apart. But some of you I know, um, you've told me like you've, you've been working to test and quarantine and then go and be with family and then quarantine after you were taking extraordinary steps to be responsible so you can be with family. And I think some of this wisdom is going to help you this weekend especially with someone who is a mocker. Making fun of others is a sport. They just they go after the, the, the quote-unquote little people in their mind or the losers in their world. This is what, how they think. I mean, you don't even want these people to know about endeavors that you're doing. If you're helping the poor, they're like, why are you doing that? They're not helping their self. Like, they'll find some way to mock it or like, you don't even say you even go to church because like, they're going to attack anything possible. They're always condescending, and they're quick to criticize. 
So anybody with a moral absolute is a target. Listen to what Solomon says about the mocker. Proverbs 9, 7 to 8, it says, Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Now listen to this advice here. Verse 8, it says, Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. They will hate you. It's like, don't even rebuke him. I remember my wife and I used to have an upstairs neighbor and several years ago, and um, you could just kind of tell they were living this destructive life, but uh, she had a dog. It was, um, I love dogs, by the way. I love animals. Um, but she didn't really take care of this dog, and it, it would howl and bark at the doorway for hours. No kidding. And so there was one day where the dog had gone 12 hours straight. I'm not kidding. And the most awful sound you've ever heard, just sad dog. And so we texted her. It's like, this is, your dog's been barking for 10, 12 hours straight. And the text we received back was just full of insults, blaming, cursing at us. And we were like, whoa. And we immediately said out loud to each other, she's a mocker. And we knew that we couldn't reasonably engage with this person. <laughs> and so it made it a little difficult. It was difficult for several years, actually, because of that. And these words could have been more true. They will hate you. Here's the thing. You correct a simple, correct a simple, and they won't get you. What are you talking about? If you ever say that to somebody, that might be a warning sign. Correct a fool, and he will ignore you. Whatever, I've, I've, I've experienced it. It's no big deal. Correct a mocker, and he will hate you. You correct the wise. Correct a wise person, and they'll thank you. Oh, wow. I'm glad, so glad to know that. Thank you. So what's the cure for a mocker? I, I'm not quite sure. Vote the mocker out, maybe. That's one way. That was a election joke. <laughs> Correct the wise male, thank you. Here's the kicker. Eventually, people in every one of these chairs, each one of these positions, they're going to need wisdom. They're going to run into something in their life, and they need that. They're going to need someone to come into their life that they may not find it. And there are a lot of reasons why they're not going to find it. When they face big decisions, whether it's ma uh, marriage or a college major or investments or friends or a career or business pursuits, maybe it's, it's raising kids, like, like they just need help with this, just uh, whatever it may be. And they're, they're trying to unwind themselves in the middle of these conflicts and these, these places where they really need wisdom. They're trying to unwind themselves out of a mess that they've created. They've walked into these messes financially. Their, their lives are usually chaos in some kind of way relationally. Listen, all of us do this if you're willing to admit, because I said this is offensive, we all mess up our lives in some way. We have this thing called sin, which is hard for us to say out loud many times, but we mess up our own lives. We break our own rules, just you know, keep scriptures out of it. You can't even keep your own standards, and we have messes. And the, and the scriptures tell us 
I mean, just observation alone tells us, hey, that if you sit here too long as a fool or a simple or a mocker and ignore wisdom when you need it, when that hour comes, you won't be able to find it. One, you, have, you will have pushed away wise counsel. You have pushed others who were wise and who loved you and wanted to help you in your life or could help you. You've pushed them out. They've left you. You push them out, and then you won't even recognize it. You don't know what it is. You've had people like that. You've tried to give them advice, and they're like, whatever. And you're like, why would you walk away from that? Like, they don't even see it. And then you won't even be willing to receive it. Your heart has pushed it away. Your heart has pushed it away. So I want you to put yourself, I know this is going to be hard, I told you this would be offensive, right? So in one of these seats, put yourself in one of them, you can choose. I mean, the simple, I'm learning to put myself in this seat, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, I, I've learned to recognize what I don't know. And, and maybe you find yourself in these situations where you're like, I, how did you know that? You say to somebody, how did you know to do that? And I've seen that as other leaders and and pastors and friends in my life, and I wonder, man, how do they know to make those decisions? That's incredible. It's because I found out later on that they have walked through life and experience that gave them that wisdom. And I began to do that myself, and I've looked back, and I'm like, oh, that person was so wise because they had lived enough life. And I'm learning to put people in my life that are wise. So put yourself in a, in a, in a, in a seat, the fool, the mocker, the simple, whatever you... You might be. And I want you to listen to this. I'm going to sit in the mocker seat, so um, it's a little weird. But um, I want to read to you out of Proverbs 1, just 20 through 33, just part of Proverbs 1. And I want you, he presents wisdom here. Solomon presents wisdom as a woman who stands in the streets begging those in these three seats to get up and move. I want you to listen, to listen to this voice. Now listen, this isn't God. This is wisdom speaking. This is not God speaking. So this isn't a pronouncement of God's judgment. This is really important to understand. This is just what happens. Ready? Here we go. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teaching. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh. When disaster strikes you, I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind. When distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. They didn't choose to fear God. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their deeds. For the waywardness of the simple would kill them, and the complacency of fools 
to destroy them. Wow. That should scare the chair out of you, right? <laughs> out of me. I'm sorry for the bad joke today. <laughs> but, that doesn't end there. But, Solomon says, this is wisdom speaking, remember? Whoever listens to me. So in light of your past, and everything that's going on in your, in your life right now, and everything that you long to see, whoever listens to me, what's the wise thing to do? Whoever listens to wisdom will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Here's a promise. So I want to say today, where, do you, where are you sitting? If you're not willing to put yourself there, that might help you inform you where you are sitting. <laughs> Here's the promise. Wisdom says, whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. You've got to ask it and be willing to pursue it. What's the wise thing for me to do? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for these words. God, I thank you for hard truths that we can understand. I pray that we would begin to seek this out. We wouldn't ever forget these three people. And know that we can trust you with wisdom. I pray that we would find it. You said if we seek you, we will find you. And the same is to be said for wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.